Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Hey guys, welcome to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about certification and the process that you go through to get certified and also the decision of whether or not to get certified. Um, And Jen is here with me in the studio, and uh, this might be a slightly shorter episode, but mostly we wanted to give you the basic information to help you guys um, begin this decision-making process and kind of know what it entails. Um, So first we're going to share with you a little bit about our certification experience. So Jen, can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Sure. So right after basic training, um, getting into the field and starting to practice, I quickly realized that I was going to need more. that I needed more information, more support. And so without even knowing a lot about certification at that point, I had started or continued my consultation with the same um, therapist who had done my basic training consultation. And so I was just utilizing her as a resource to ask questions to and support me in my cases. And then I started looking more into certification and the requirements. And so we kind of just continued with that. Um, I would regularly do monthly phone calls with her and some other therapists across the country, and we would just talk about our cases and work through difficult things that each of us were facing. She would present different protocols or concepts that we could utilize to help us, give us reading material, and then through that kind of gradually met the requirements for certification and applied, and um, that was that. Mm-hmm. About how long did it take you? It was spread out a little bit because as I had started, I didn't realize I was working towards certification for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say, but I would say over, it was probably over about a year um, that I was really pursuing doing those phone calls um, here and there as I needed it and then applied for it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, mine was uh, similar, except when I did my basic training Um, they don't call it that anymore, but that's what we called it at the time. Um, When I did my initial consultation hours, it was with one person and her specialty was with kids. And because I don't necessarily work with kids very much, when it was time to get certified, I chose a consultant based on specialty. So I looked for somebody that had a specialty in dissociative disorders and things that uh, I knew that I needed more help with that I hadn't really gotten a lot of assistance in. And uh, the format of it was pretty similar to what you described. It was uh, monthly phone calls. Um, And at that time, uh, we did it all as a group. Um, The requirements have changed a little bit, and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about is the exact requirements that Andrea has out right now of what's expected. But at the time, we did it all as a group, and it was that case consultation where you, you know, bring the current cases that you have questions about, and everyone has a certain amount of time to discuss and ask questions and get feedback from the uh, consultant. So overall, do you feel like your experience was positive, that you learned a lot, that you felt really supported? Yeah, I had a wonderful consultant who... As you had mentioned before, like finding someone who specializes in a similar Mm -hmm. area, I think we connected a lot with the populations that we served and same with the other people on the group. And so that was very helpful. I think at that time, um, I was looking for needing a little bit more direction, which is how I came across 
kind of the way that I'm doing certification now with the therapists that I'm working with. And so there's a lot of different options out there on what certification can look like. And I think different people have different needs. So I had a great consultant, good experience. It kept me really engaged, but maybe needing a little bit more of structure and direction in the direction of certification, which I know we're going to get into more. Mm So we'll talk about that as we get in there. Mm -hmm. What about for you? What was your overall experience? It was kind of mixed. Um, I think when when I talk to a lot of people now that have uh, been certified, that's a a relatively common response. I think part of the reason why uh, for some people the experience is a little bit hit or miss is there hasn't been um, a lot of clarity in the past about what that process has to entail. Um, so it was really kind of open for interpretation. There was a lot of variance in what certification could look like in kind of a spectrum from something kind of structured to something that was very freeform. Just, you know, I'm on an, an hour-long call with a consultant and we talk about anything EMDR-related. Um, now there is... Uh, a list of requirements that Andrea has out that I think is bringing some unification to what that process feels like. So I'm hoping going forward that the experience is more consistent for people. And I know that's something that both you and I really value in the way that we do consultation with people is making sure that it's consistent, that it's predictable. Um, And so I just want to share with you guys what the uh, Andrea requirements are at this point in early 2019. Uh, It's kind of an ever-evolving thing as we learn more about what people really need um, in order to have a good certification experience. Um, But so that you guys know, when you officially get certified, that lasts for two years, and then you have to go through a renewal process. Um, And the cost of it Uh, varies depending on a couple of different factors, but when you actually send in your application to MDRIA, um, the fee that you pay to do that, if you are a member of MDRIA already, it's $150. If you're not an MDRIA member, it's $350. Um, And I think that's kind of their way of really trying to encourage people to go ahead and become a member because there's a lot of benefits to doing so. It's such a great resource. Um, So that's a, a... uh, cost that you'll need to factor in when you're kind of doing the math on whether or not you're ready to take the plunge and commit to this. Um, so the first uh, thing that you have to absolutely have is an Andrea approved training. Hopefully everybody, you know, is getting that. Um, and you have to be licensed where, where you're practicing. Um, and you do have to provide notarized documentation that supports um, that you have done at least two years of experience in your field of license, okay, not necessarily EMDR, but in your field of licensure, and that you have conducted at least 50 EMDR sessions with at least 25 clients. Um, And so that's one of the things, I don't know if you run into this, Jen, that sometimes even though you can do the certification process pretty quickly, um, this is the thing that tends to slow people down a little bit is the 50 EMDR sessions with at least 25 different people. It can take a little while to get that many um, under your belt. Have you seen that, that that kind of can be a challenge? Yeah, it depends for the therapist if they are in a setting within their profession where they can just, you know, utilize this option with any of their clients or if they're in a more restrictive agency or program setting where they can't. But yeah, I think that can be a challenge. I think the other challenging piece is 
making sure that, I mean, we want to meet that number. That's all that's required. But as a consultant, making sure that our therapists are not just staying and resourcing mm-hmm. for all of those sessions mm-hmm. or not just staying in preparation history taking because that's where they're comfortable. Right. But they're actually getting in and experiencing all eight phases mm-hmm. with those clients. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I try to make sure with the the therapist that I'm working with as a consultant to say, you know, you might have had this many sessions really easily because you've started it with a lot of people, but we want you to have that much experience really getting into reprocessing so that as you complete certification, you're coming out on the other end saying like, I've experienced a variety of different successes, barriers, struggles, and I've figured out how to work through those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that um, are consultants for certification they interpret that uh, that number as being resource, or excuse me, reprocessing sessions, right? So um, that's a question to clarify with whichever consultant you're working with: is are do they include um, the preparation phases and the history taking phases or future templating, or are they only including actual reprocessing sessions um, in that number? That's just kind of a point of clarification because in MDREA standards, it's a little bit open for interpretation. Um, Even the documenting of those sessions is pretty vague mm-hmm. from what MDREA requires. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, I mean, myself, I typed it up on a Word document and took it to the bank. You know, they said, I did this. I yes. completed this requirement, mm-hmm. took it to the bank and had it notarized. Yes. So it's really on the honor system mm-hmm. and on your consultants right. to be following up with. And, you know, as a consultant myself, I don't necessarily micromanage and check every client that you've worked with. But I think it's important that you know you're working with someone who's going to support you, not just in meeting the requirements, but support you in becoming a really strong EMDR therapist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the the next requirement that they have on the list is you have to do 20 hours of consultation by an EMDRIA-approved consultant. Um, and on their website, they have a list of all of the approved consultants. Um, and the nice thing about this is that uh, you can really find somebody that matches your needs um, even if they're not in your area, because most of us do consultation either through Skype or Zoom um, or something like that, or even just phone calls, because distance is such an issue and finding somebody right there in your area can be really challenging. Um, so don't be discouraged if you live in a, a small area and there isn't somebody right there. Um, there's usually groups offered or individual calls that you can do at a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was going through the process myself, here in Springfield, we only had one mm-hmm. uh, consultant in the whole area, yep. and she was actually. So I, I did part of. I did my individual with her, so it could be face to face. I don't. I'm not sure why I valued that so much at the time, uh, because it didn't really make any difference. But I wanted face to face at that time, and she had retired from her practice. Her um, certification was just about to expire. We finished it right before it did and she wasn't going to renew it. She was done mm-hmm. practicing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, you know, Springfield doesn't have that. And I think mm-hmm. now we have several more resources, mm-hmm. which is yeah. neat to see it growing. Yeah. But there are some good sized towns and cities that don't have a lot of that. So don't be afraid to utilize, you know, phone, Zoom, all of those programs, you can really get good quality services and consultation through that. Mm-hmm. We can do so many things with technology now and sharing audio clips and video clips so mm-hmm. that you 
you know, you can share parts of your session and work through those with your consultant. Yeah, just as a side note, just because this is so important to all of us, is when you're doing, uh, when you're utilizing technology like that, a lot of people have a question about HIPAA. And if I'm sharing, um, you know, files that, you know, maybe it has a video of an actual session with a client, um, but most of us as consultants, we use programs that are HIPAA compliant. Um, in the same way that we have to jump through those hoops if we're doing online therapy, um, we use similar programs to make sure that it's safe for everybody. Because um, I have had uh, some people have questions about that, and they want to make sure that they're abiding by confidentiality, and we can absolutely accommodate that. Um, yeah, so the other thing that you have to provide, Andrea, is uh, a couple of letters of recommendation um, from peers, people that uh, know you professionally, specifically know you in the context of doing EMDR. So this could be a supervisor, this could be a colleague that has, uh, you know, worked closely with you and, um, you know, knows about your capacity with EMDR in some way. And so you do have to provide those two letters. Um, and you will get a letter from the consultant that you work with that verifies all of your your hours as well. Um, yeah, and then you fill out the uh, application and you send it all in with your check. And it actually doesn't take a super long time. I don't know no, what your experience was, but it was just a matter of a few weeks for me. Yeah, I would say within a month for, for sure, I've gotten that back. And I don't have specific names over Andrea, but I will say anytime I've run into a problem, mm-hmm. um, a question, they are so quick to yes. get back and very helpful, very mm-hmm. friendly. So if anything is a challenge, don't hesitate to reach out and ask questions or contact Mm -hmm. them. They're happy to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the only other uh, requirement that we wanted to talk a little bit about is um, you have to have 12 hours of advanced training. And one of the things that Imdria has done lately that has been hugely helpful is Imdria On Demand which is on their website, they actually provide um, approved advanced trainings um, that you can watch from the comfort of your own home to get those 12 hours. And, you know, even if you're not doing certification, they're great CEUs that we all have to have for our licensure anyway. But if you're doing certification, you have to have 12 hours of that, uh, of the advanced approved training. And so Andrea On Demand provides that, but there's also a lot of, um, you know, email lists that you can get on so that you get updates about ones that might be happening live in your area. Um, if you are interested in being connected in that way, one of the things to do is become a part of the regional network. Um, and Andrea's website will also give you that information about who to contact. But that way you're getting the updates about what are the trainings that might be happening in your area. Um, because there's some amazing advanced trainings now. If you work with addictions, if you work with kids, if you work with dissociative disorders, getting those advanced trainings is an absolute must. Um, and so they make that part of the certification process. And those um, distance learning through, what, what do they call it? Imdria On Demand. Yeah, mm-hmm. On Demand. They are phenomenal. Yeah. They really are. I have been so impressed with the ones I've selected. And mm-hmm. they kind of rotate out what is um, available. And so every time I look at that, I'm always impressed. And I find way more that I want to mm-hmm. be a part of than I'm actually able to. Mm-hmm. But um, they're easy. They're fairly inexpensive for what you get. They're typically what I found is they are broken up into about three hour, like three advanced trading hour credits. Um per video that you watch and they're inexpensive. I think $60, $65. Yeah. I've been really surprised at how affordable they are. CEUs in your pajamas. Yes. That's the best. I did want to just note anyone who was trained 
long ago, or uh, maybe were trained and just didn't feel like they got a good grasp of what was going on, or you didn't use it for a long time and you're newly interested in it again, those advanced training, you can utilize a refresher course for a portion of those one time. And they, they, MDRIA records, you know, if you're going back through a basic training again or a refresher course, you can't continue to use that as your advanced training, Mm -hmm. but you can do that one time. And so it may not be your full 12 hours. Um, I know different programs are different. One that Melissa and I have worked with closely offers eight hours mm-hmm. of that, um, but there are some others out there as well. And so, if you took your training long ago, you may consider doing a refresher course and going mm-hmm. back through the basic training again. That will count towards your advanced hours, so it's not you know a waste of money or time. And just see where the practice is at now. Learn from another trainer. You know, feel confident in what you're doing, and then continue with certification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jen. I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, for whatever reason, they couldn't use it in the setting they were in. Maybe the agency didn't allow it. Um, And then, you know, they come back into a new setting and they want to use it. And those refreshers are, you know, I think you and I have both sat through multiple Mm -hmm. um, initial trainings at this point. And, you know, I never go through one and don't learn something new. Um, And so, yeah, if you have the opportunity to do that, I think that's a really, really good idea. Okay. Well, so our next question that we want to talk about is why is certification worth the time and money? Because on average, I would say it's pretty typical for the certification process to take right around a year, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little bit more, depending on your circumstances. But that's a lot of time. And, you know, there's kind of some homework involved, right? Um, And we're all out of school and would prefer to not go back into school, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. And so signing up to do something like this is a really, really big commitment, um, and there is the the financial consideration of it. There's a, a range as far as the cost goes because of things like what is the, the hourly rate of the consultant you choose, um, the advanced trainings that you choose. So the, the number is going to fluctuate a little bit, but it's pretty easy to get in the 1500 to 2000 range. Um, and so for all of us, that's a pretty big decision. And so Jen, if you could just kind of talk about for you, why did you decide to take the plunge? Why did it feel important to you? And then also, you know, why do you feel so passionate about helping other people do the same? So for myself at the time, I think I was pursuing it mostly. I was already pursuing consultation just for the support. And so to actually make the decision to commit to the certification process was more for the credential of it, mm-hmm. to the reputation, to be able to you know market myself and identify myself as not just basic trained, um, initial trained, but to also have that next step of being fully certified. And I knew that I was in the direction of moving towards private practice and knew that would be an important piece had an interest in pursuing being a consultant at some point in time myself. And so just kind of following the natural progression of getting to that point. So I think it can really have a big impact of your reputation in your community with EMDR as a provider. So many people are getting trained now. Um, Even just 10 years ago, it was still a newer thing. And you know, in Springfield, like I said, there was only one consultant and not many people were trained in that it was new to this area. And now we have probably, I don't know how many really, but in the hundreds because we're doing so many trainings. 
Um, and so with that piece, you want to stand out above everybody else and saying, I didn't just take a really extensive training course, but I've taken it and then gone the extra mile to know it really well, to be really strong in the foundations, and then to know how to apply it to those more challenging cases. So I think that kind of covers two of my points of the benefits, but really that just that reputation piece. There are a lot of therapists who have been trained either recently or a long time ago and maybe aren't practicing in a way that I would feel confident practicing in or maybe um, so just kind of disconnecting yourself with it not being practiced well and having Mm -hmm. a better reputation. Mm -hmm. And really practically, um, this isn't true in all states and it's something that's kind of constantly evolving but for people that uh, work with medicaid there's a lot of states that are considering paying a higher rate for emdr Um, and one of the questions on the table is in order for medicaid to pay that higher higher rate you might have to be a certified um, emdr practitioner the basic training will not be enough um and so for really practical reasons like that, getting a higher rate for Medicaid, if that's what you do, I mean, that's going to be really appealing right off the bat. Um, the other thing is, you know, setting setting yourself apart. But also if you're in private practice, there's the issue of just building your practice, right, of how to market yourself in your community. Um, and one of the questions that I get asked a lot is when people call to set up an appointment, are they asking for EMDR or do you introduce EMDR after the fact? Um, And I think what certification does is that you start to build that reputation and you start getting calls specifically for EMDR. One of my primary referral sources is other therapists, even other EMDR therapists. But because we have such a, a responsibility of care to our clients, if we can feel that somebody is out of our area of expertise, we refer to somebody with more experience, and certification is that next level. So if you want to really specialize in an area, if you want to be somebody in private practice that's known um, to do a really good job with a particular kind of client, certification is the time where we can take the basic protocol and build on it and really hone in on what we want to do. And if you're in private practice, building your ideal practice is one of our goals. Um, And so for me, that was the big thing. When I came out of my initial training, I immediately knew that I needed to get certified because of who I worked with. Um, Besides, uh, at the time, I was working a lot with addiction, and I I knew because of the stabilization piece that I was going to need assistance with that. On top of that, I do a lot of work with dissociation and DID, and that's one of the things that in your initial training they tell you. If you work a lot with these people, you have to have help. You have to have that advanced um, training. And in my mind, if you're doing the advanced training anyway, if you're getting consultation anyway, you're paying for all that. So I might as well get the certification to show all of the work that I've been doing. Um, so those were kind of the the main reasons for me. And I think it is for most people is just that uh, that feeling of confidence that you get um, and having somebody that has been doing this for a long time kind of come alongside you. And half the time, you know, what we're telling people is, yes, you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Even when it's hard, um, this is the right thing. Uh, but also when you hit those stuck points to have somebody to help you work through those. Um, so what do you see for the people that you work with? What do you think is kind of their main motivation for getting certified? That piece of confidence that you mm-hmm. just said. And I've been um, so surprised. So- just thoroughly pleased with how they've come out on the other side of it. I mean, really, if I think about 
my experience in the the basic training. It was great. I had great mm-hmm. trainers, great consultant following up. I felt strong as a therapist, but I did not know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I did in some sense, but there was so much more to learn, yeah. so much more. And it was just really overwhelming, the amount of um, information. And it's so um, really changes your framework of looking at therapy yes, it does. and your clients. And so coming out of that, and this is maybe just a, a, an opinion here, but I just don't know that we all need more support. Mm-hmm. So whether you do that in the framework of certification or not, but I wasn't really confident um, going into that. So that's why I went ahead and sought out support from a consultant just to kind of walk me along the way. So when I had that difficult case, which came often, I had someone to call and say, hey, this just happened in my last session. Mm-hmm. What the heck am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. This wasn't in the protocol. Um, and, and I think that's so often people's reactions is, mm-hmm. oh, no. And then they get scared. And so without support and encouragement of someone who's been there and can kind of guide you, a lot of people just stop. And they say, that's too scary. Or my client had a big reaction and I didn't know how to respond. And so they stop utilizing it. Mm-hmm. I have some therapists in the group that I work with and some friends who have done the training, invested all of that, and then they just don't use it. They've just stopped. And so I think that's really sad to see. Mm -hmm. And certification can absolutely just take you to that next step. I'll have some therapists coming into a certification group of mine feeling like that, and they're not even sure if they want to do it. They're scared. They're timid. Um, just really cautious about it. And by the time we get to the other side, they've got more confidence. They're applying it with their clients. Um, they know where to look to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So we all still have questions. I still have questions regularly. But they have someone to kind of support and guide them in that. And they just feel confident taking their therapeutic instinct and judgment and experience that they've had over all these years and still being able to integrate that into yeah. a more structured protocol. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that idea of certification is the time where you really integrate, mm-hmm. right? You take um, the basic information and learn the application um, and the subtleties of it so that you end up using EMDR with more uh, clients and in different situations that maybe you didn't feel prepared to at first. Um, I think for me, that was the biggest shift that I saw is that suddenly I went from using EMDR with a uh, maybe like a quarter of my clients to at this point, I would say I use it with everybody if they'll let me. Um, every once in a while, there's somebody that it's not appropriate for, of course. Um, but for the vast majority, I think that certification was the time where I realized, oh, I can integrate this with all the other things that I do. Um, it is incredibly creative and adaptive and flexible, um, and it retains its power. Um, And I think certification is the time where you learn um, that aspect of it that, frankly, I find the most exciting and certainly um, the most beneficial to my clients, too. So, um, well, so the next thing that we want to talk about is the, the styles of certification and how to choose the right consultant and the right program to make sure that it's a good fit for you and your situation. Because there is a variety of how to go about getting certified. The basic requirements that we listed before, that's the same no matter what. But the way that you get there is uh, kind of varied. So Jen, if you want to kind of talk about the differences that you see in sort of that spectrum that's there. Sure. So the approach that I went through um, was more case consultation. Mm -hmm. It was about meeting those requirements that MJ had set out, 
through phone calls or group calls. Um, but each call, everyone presented a different case that they were working on. We had a sheet that we had filled out that you know identified the assessment reprocessing we had done. And then as a consultant, she provided support and guidance on how to work with that case. So whatever struggles we were facing gave us resources. Very helpful. I think case consultation is a really important tool and just ongoing support to have. That's a more, I would say, a less structured approach. Mm-hmm. When I was looking for something a little bit more and then finding that there's programs out there that it's less about the consultant providing what they know and more about the therapist providing what they know mm-hmm. and the consultant ensuring that they know it right, mm-hmm. they know it well, and they can implement it well. And then, of course, adding to that with anything additional that they might need. Um and I, everyone connects with a different approach better. I think the movement I see with Emdria is going to be moving more towards the more structured approach and having ways to assess that a therapist knows it well before right. we give that title mm-hmm. of certified. And that in the past hasn't been that way. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that way right now, but I think mm-hmm. that's the movement and the direction it's going. So. Agreed. A program, the other option is a more structured program that really lines it out where you you go and do an assignment with your client. You work on one of the phases and you come back and you present what you did to the group. Mm-hmm. And so in that time, the consultant is assessing how well did they do it? Did they implement it well? Um, how well do they know this piece of the protocol? And then, of course, you can ask questions. So if you didn't um, know what to do or something came up or you struggled, then the consultant can give you the feedback you need to develop you in that area. And so that has a more structured approach. There's assignments, maybe videos to watch. Um, You come back and consult, but it's not just case by case. It's more like we're going to walk you through all the foundations and make sure you know it well. Mm -hmm. In both cases, I think, and I don't know if Andrea strictly requires it. I know we require it in our program, but you have to provide either an audio or video clip Mm -hmm. of a session that demonstrates to your consultant that you can practice it um, to fidelity, I guess. And so they can evaluate you based on that. Mm -hmm. And that's an important piece. Which I know sounds intimidating because it certainly did to me. And I think everybody that we work with, you know, initially, there's like, oh, I don't want to have to perform, right? I don't want somebody evaluating that. And that's super uncomfortable. Um, It is for all of us, even, you know, though I've done it a whole lot at this point, it's still a little bit awkward to hear yourself do a session or watch that video. Um, I will say, though, that when you're evaluating uh, a consultant or program and how they do that, I really feel like either that video recording or the audio recording is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's uncomfortable for us, I learned more in you know those two sessions where I had to present my video um, because not only are you getting real-time feedback um, about your work, um, it's also a time to really sit back and kind of reflect on um, yourself and, and the way that you are interacting with EMDR and your client. And to me, it was kind of this moment of realizing like, oh, I'm really doing this thing, right? Like it, like this, this is better than I thought it was going to be. I still learned a lot, but mostly it was that huge confidence boost um, because there's a feeling of I'm really vetted now. 
right? Like somebody has watched me do this with a real situation and they have signed off on me. Um, and I also know of some situations where people are doing their certification and they everything's going along fine and then they do their video and realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing that wrong this whole time. I completely, you know, have been skipping this step or I've been, you know, um, mixing two things up. And usually it's not something, you know, really damaging to the client. That's very rare. But it's usually a matter of ease, right? Of realizing like, oh, I've been way overcomplicating this. And so those videos and recordings are the time where we kind of flesh out those details and really, really build confidence. So when you're evaluating a program, I would say that's an absolute must. The other must is there has to be a very, very strong portion of individual hours. You can do a portion as a group, but make sure that you're doing a a program or working with somebody that also makes individual hours available. Um, of course, group hours are beneficial because we learn from each other. It also makes it much more, co- much more cost effective. Um, but one of Imdria's requirements now is a certain portion has to be individual. So when you're talking to somebody, make sure that that's included. Um, yeah. And the other thing to consider is kind of your personal style and trying to find a consultant that's a good match for that. Um, you know, obviously if you work with kids, pick a consultant that works mostly with kids. If you work with, um, addictions, try to pick somebody that does that as well. Beyond that though, you're going to spend a lot of time talking to your consultant, (laughs) um, and getting feedback from them. And so if you can make sure you have a good long phone call or chat with them ahead of time to really just feel out, is this a good match? Much like the client-therapist match, the consultant-consultee match, um, I really think is one of the the best predictors of whether or not this goes well. Um, and in retrospect for me, I really think that that was part of why I kind of had a not stellar experience, was it was just kind of the wrong fit. My personal style of therapy was so, so different than hers, and it felt... Um, Like there was this underlying tension because I was trying to take on things from her that just felt like such a mismatch and felt so unnatural to me. Like if I were to say those things coming out of my mouth, it would feel like a foreign language, right? So making sure that you have a natural connection with them and have a similar style, I think is a really important uh, thing to consider. Absolutely. And everyone, you know, presents differently as therapists. And so it's okay to not be a match for some people, Mm -hmm. as you've shared, Melissa, and to just find who that person is that you you like spending that time on the phone Mm -hmm. with them in their calls and the group that you're with, too. You may not have a lot of um, say in who is in your group, but you can. You can Mm -hmm. ask for a different group. It's nice to request if you can have group members who maybe have not just exactly what you do, but some other variety too, because mm-hmm. we learn from those experiences so much. So a diverse group to be a part of. Um, Andrea says that groups can be, I believe it's up to eight or 10. Mm-hmm. So that's another piece that you might consider as you're looking at a program. How large are the group sizes? Mm-hmm. Um you can learn from more people, but you can also kind of be limited in what you get to share too, if they're too large. Mm -hmm. And so in my opinion, having a nice small group kind of gives you the benefit of hearing what other people are doing and how they're approaching it and learning from their experiences. Mm -hmm. But also it's a more intimate experience. You get to know people 
and you get more individual time or focus from the consultant in that. Agreed. I think three or four is a really great number. I agree. That's a a super comfortable number. So so any other thoughts, Jen, before we wrap it up and kind of share some resources and some websites and things that people can look at? My only thought is we said it was going to be short. <laughs> it's probably it's short. longer than it's it. A lot that's of great. information. <laughs> good, good material. So sorry mm-hmm. we didn't keep it short, but hopefully this is all helpful mm-hmm. to you guys. Mm-hmm. So in the show notes, we're going to include some websites and links. Um, you know, we'll we'll share the program that Jen and I work specifically with. Um, obviously, we selected that one for a reason and can highly recommend it. Um, and there's some other ones as well that we'll share. But the main source of information for you guys is the Andrea website. So when you go to their website, Andrea.org, there is the search bar up at the, type, up at the top. If you type in certification, it's going to give you that list of requirements that I listed. And in the middle of that list, there's a link to click on that says find an improved consultant. Um, and you'll click on that. And that way you can look for specific people. Um, and if you have questions, feel free to email us. Feel free to to, uh, leave a comment and we'll try to get back to you. And hopefully this has been helpful and will help you guys help your clients. Take care. Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to noticethat at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time.